And now this from Romans chapter 16, beginning in verse 25. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but is now disclosed and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. So today we're reading these closing comments from Paul writing to the early Christians at Rome. He's talking about this mystery that has now been disclosed, a mystery, he says, that's been kept secret for long ages, but now disclosed. In his time, he believes that God has done something new and revealed something new in Jesus Christ. Paul's ministry is so interesting because he was a Jew, a very faithful and zealous Jew. Jesus, of course, was Jewish also. And yet Paul's main concern is with the Gentiles, those outside the covenant the Jews have with God. It's sometimes hard to understand how Paul made this shift, but as he began this letter back in chapter 1, he sort of explains all of that. If you're following along, flip back over to chapter 1 with me. I'm going to read the first six verses to you. He uses these key words that he's going to repeat throughout the Romans that we heard in the passage we read, but we're going to hear them again in this very opening passage. I'm going to read to you Apostle, Gospel, Prophets, and Gentiles. This is how he begins the letter. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Paul packs a lot into a few sentences. He wants to make clear, though, from the outset what he's talking about. He sort of follows that old adage of the speech teacher, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, and then tell them what you told them. That's the format Paul uses. He begins by telling them everything and about that first six verses about he's called as an apostle by Jesus Christ, called by God through Christ. To deliver this gospel, this mystery of revelation that God has done a new thing. And not just for the Jews, but for all the Gentiles who are those who were heretofore seen to be beyond the covenant. You can sort of hear this idea that Paul feels this call upon his life and he wants to proclaim it to others. He believes with all of his heart, soul, and might that God has done a new thing. 
that God has expanded the divine love and divine family to include all of humanity. It is an invitational gospel. When you read Paul's letters, you see him saying it over and over again. Let me just read you verse 5 again as we glimpse what he's getting at. He says, through whom, that is through Jesus Christ, we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name or the name of Jesus Christ. Can you hear this good news that God's done a new thing? That God's love is extended to all of us through this Jesus from Nazareth, who's now been proclaimed Son of God with power, he says, because he was raised from the dead. That's the mystery he's talking about. If we flip back over to where we began, those last few sentences, when he talks about the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for ages, he's talking about what God has done for each of us in Jesus Christ. Paul senses that this proclamation is his calling. That even though he was a Jew, that God was calling him to go beyond where he was comfortable and talk to those beyond his original family of faith. Paul discerned a particular call to proclaim and explain God's work through Christ to the Gentiles. He says, I am a an apostle, not like the other apostles who are working with the Jews. I'm an apostle that is one called and sent out to work with these others, to work with the Gentiles. And he says the hope is that they will respond in faith or be obedient in faith, to use his phrase. I began to wonder as I was reading this, what does it look like for us to be obedient in faith to God's call through Christ on our lives. Or another way to say it is the question I put in your outline, what is your particular call? What is God beckoning you to do? What gifts has God given you and how might you use them in the cause of Christ? Some of us feel called to work with young people. That was true of me early in my ministry. But just as easily, you might be called to work with older adults. And even if you're called to work with students, some of you may be working with students through art, others through medicine or some other field. There's so many different ways to respond to the call of God. The important thing here is to have everyone thinking about being called by God. And discerning what that call is and the direction that God might be leading us. A couple of weeks ago, we read that passage from the Gospel of Matthew, where Jesus was talking about reaching out to the poor and those in need and giving them a drink of water or giving them something to eat or some clothing to those who are naked or visitation to those who are sick. That really resonates with some within our congregation. They want to be in that kind of direct service ministry. They spend some of their time every week volunteering here at the church or in other mission settings to do just that. For others, it didn't resonate so much. Some of, the, some of you resonated more with that story we read a few months ago 
about the rich young ruler coming to Jesus for guidance. Some of us have opportunity to work with wealthy, with rich people who need guidance in knowing how to use their resources for the cause of Christ or how to respond to the call of God in their lives. We each have different skills and interests and personalities. God can use them all. But none of us can do all that God needs done in the world. That's why it's really helpful if we'll discern our particular call, what gifts and talents and resources we have and how we can use them in the cause of Christ. It helps get the work done that God needs done in the world, but it also helps protect us from burnout. You may have heard of compassion fatigue. People in churches and other nonprofits who are serving all the time, easy for them to get overextended and worn out and resentful and stop doing anything they were doing in those realms. But if we've clarified our call, if we understand what God is calling us to do and we focus there, then we have a greater chance of having fulfilling and meaningful service to others without the experience of the burnout. We've done several funerals here in the last week or so. We did a couple on Monday. We did another one on Tuesday, another one on Wednesday. We have others scheduled that are coming up. Usually I or Kathy officiate at those. People thank us for doing that. They don't realize how large our funeral ministry is when we're working with a family who's in grief. There's dozens of others who are volunteering, some to come early and greet anyone and everyone who's coming to the building or coming to the funeral. Others are coming and watering all the poinsettias and straightening the garlands and the bows to make sure everything is ready here. Others are lighting candles Some are come early to make punch, to bring cookies, or make sandwiches to help feed those who come as we're surrounding a family with gestures of love and support. All of those different jobs are part of the ministry of God, or all are a part of the ministry of the Boston Avenue Church to a family or an individual who's going through a time of grief. We're not all doing the same thing, But we're all doing a part of what God calls us to do when we rally around someone who's experienced a loss. Paul is clear about his calling. I'm called, he says, over and over to be the apostle to the Gentiles. What about you? What is your calling? Where is God beckoning you to go? Have you worked on discerning that call specifically in your life at this time in your life do you know what it is and have you responded in faith adam hamilton one of our united methodist pastors has written a book for advent called the journey several of our classes are using it during this season of study he looks at the different characters in the nativity story so he's looking at joseph and mary and elizabeth his shepherds and the like when he's thinking about mary he begins to ask in the book did mary want to be mary do you think mary wanted to be the mother of jesus i want to read you a few of the sentences he writes when he reflects on that he says knowing the scandal and potential punishment 
for conception outside of wedlock, knowing that her hopes and dreams for a traditional wedding would come to an end, do you think Mary wanted to be Mary? Yet with heart pounding, with uncertainty, fear, and confusion, Mary's response was clear. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Hamilton writes on, as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, we remember the little town of Nazareth and God's choice of a young woman from this humble village through whom he would do his greatest work. This season brings us an invitation. Part of the invitation of Advent is to offer ourselves wholly to God, just as Mary did. Christmas is not about how much you buy or what you eat or even whom you visit. It is about your willingness to say with Mary, Here am I, Lord. Use me according to your will. The cause of Christ is strongest. When we each are diligent in our own discernment process and we know what the call is upon our life and we respond in faith. Remember last week we talked about how Paul repeats throughout his letters that all of us are called and all of us are gifted, given gifts for the common good, he said, to build up the body in love. At the end of this letter... Paul is reminding these early Christians in Rome that the one doing the calling is the God who is able to strengthen you. My conversations with people recently, I've been asking about what strengthens them in their own personal journey. One man told me about his work schedule and said at the end of the day, he takes a few minutes to review everything he's done that day, looking for a place where God has been at work or where good work was accomplished. And then he says he takes a few more moments for prayer to be grateful that he can see God at work and that he can be a part of God's work in other people's lives. Another person told me, a mom with young children who has been feeling a little overwhelmed with all that's been happening over these last several months and year or more, that she's started getting up a little bit early. She's found that having a, a time of devotion, a quiet time, if you will, has helped her kind of cope with the day to start the day remembering that God is with her and that whatever challenges come up, that God will strengthen her and help her work through that. Paul says we worship a God who is able to strengthen each and every one of us. And in fact, that's exactly what God wants to do. That God will strengthen you for the task to which you have been called. That God will strengthen you on your journey wherever it's leading. That God will strengthen you through Christ and His church. We're about to have a new baby in our family. My oldest daughter and her husband are probably within a couple of weeks of 
delivering their first child, our first grandchild. I've become way more aware of baby things again. It's been a few years. We have baby clothes in our house now. We have a little baby bed. We have books to read to children. It's made me so much more aware of little children who are around and all things baby. I saw a story this week that, I don't know, a year or so ago I may not have read, but I took a little time to read it this week because it was about a father, a new father, walking through a park with a stroller, and in the stroller there was a baby who was screaming. And the dad's pacing along saying, Come on, Malcolm, we can do this. Come on, Malcolm, relax. Just be calm. Trust in God. The baby's still screaming. He's saying, Malcolm, take a deep breath. Malcolm, relax. Finally, a woman who's seen him walking through the park comes over and says, Oh, what a beautiful baby. Did I hear you say his name is Malcolm? And he said, Oh, no, ma'am. His name is Barnaby. My name is Malcolm. <laughs> Sometimes all we need is a little reminder that God is with us, that God will strengthen us. Advent is an invitation to open our hearts to God's work in our lives, to let God's power flow into us and through us and strengthen us for the journey. Amen. And thanks be to God.